So the scripture is 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 16. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared with a hot iron. They forbid people from to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejoiced if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is some of value, but godliness has value of all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put put out our hope in the living God, who is Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't look don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers in speech and public reading of scripture oh whoops sorry in speech and conduct in love in faith and in purity until i come devote yourself to the public reading of scripture to preaching and to teaching do not neglect your gift which was given you to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you be diligent in these matters give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Preserve in them, because if you do, you will save both yourselves and your hearers. Will you join me to pray with Dylan, for Dylan? Dear God, please just let your words flow through Dylan and show him what you want us to hear. And just let all of our hearts be reached today and let us all learn your wonderful grace. In your name we pray. Amen. My mic. There we go. Good morning, guys. How's everyone doing this morning? Good. Good. Thank you, Chris. It's good to good to hear you're doing good as always. So, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dylan Fawcett. I am the summer ministry intern here at Christ. Or sorry, that's my old church, Christ Church. I'm here at Mary Methodist this summer, and I've been encouraged to be here this summer. I've had a lot of encouragement from from you guys, the congregation, and from those who I work with and really anybody and everybody. So it's been awesome. And the scripture that we we just read today, as I read through it preparing for this scripture or for the sermon, um, I was encouraged. Um, I think I was encouraged because Paul, the the author of this, this scripture to Timothy, this author of this letter, was writing to encourage Timothy through his calling and through the faith and through all the things that he's called to. And the calling that he had... He was a young pastor. I don't think he was much younger, older than myself. And he was in charge of this church. And he had a calling to live out the truth of Christ in his church, in his life, and everywhere he went. And I believe that us as Christians, we have the same calling to live out the truth of Christ. And that's what we are learning about today, how to live out the truth of Christ. So... I will be referring to Paul multiple times through uh, my sermon this morning. And Paul used to be Saul. And he was this man who was, who was persecuting Christians. He, was, he thought that the Christian faith 
was ridiculous. He was a Jew, and he was trying to fight the Christian faith by, by cutting off Christianity. By doing that, he was persecuting Christians and even allowing Christians to be killed. And Jesus came to him as he was on, his, on a road to, to lock some Christians up. And he was blinded by, by Jesus, and Jesus told him, Why are you doing this to me, Saul? And then, long story short, Saul was unblinded three days later, and then he was further told that he was going to be apostle of Christ. He was going to be serving the church, and he was going to be lifting people up in the name of Jesus instead of tearing people down. So Paul is now an apostle of Christ, which means he is sent out to deliver a message to the whole world, and he is a mentor to Timothy. And in this letter to Timothy, which is which is 1 Timothy. He wrote two letters, and the first book is 1 Timothy. And in chapter 4, he is writing to Timothy to tell him and to warn him that there will be people that will try to separate Christians from their faith, from God. And these people, they will be hypocritical liars who fell away from their own faith. And now they are out to separate other people from their faith. And I think when Paul was writing this, he's writing it in their own time, so it might be hard for us to really, to really grasp this in our own life. Maybe we've never met anybody who's a hypocritical liar who's trying to separate us from faith. But what he's telling Timothy is to be warned that there is people that will be trying to fight you and try to separate you from God. These people have lies that are very believable. We wouldn't believe lies if they didn't seem true, Right? So their lies are believable because they seem true. And I think Satan is very good at using people in this way, that he uses people sometimes in the church, or maybe he just uses people outside of the church as people who are very appealing and very they're great leaders, so we want to listen to everything that they say. But we have to be careful, is what Paul is saying. We have to be careful because these people are lying to us. And I love my Bible, um, which I've forgot right there. One second, I'm going to go down and get my Bible quick. Um, in my Bible, my study Bible, I have a list that gives a, a, how to tell who these type of people are. And in this, in this list, I'll read it word for word. I didn't want to mess it up at all. So Paul tells Timothy, these people that are hypocritical liars, you can notice who these people are. First point is they teach what is contrary to the truth found in Scripture. And not only do they teach this, but they live it out in their lives, what is contrary to what Christ is saying. So maybe these people are in church. Maybe they're leaders. Maybe they're a worship leader. Maybe they're a Bible study leader. And they're maybe talking about the truth of Christ when they're in church, but outside of church, they're not who they say they are. And I'll give you a quick example. When I was in high school, I was hanging out with a couple friends and they told me, we're going to go hang out with this, this friend of ours. He's going to take us to his church. We're going to meet his youth leader. And I thought, oh, that's great. Perfect. Well, we hung out with him a little before and before we met the youth pastor. And immediately, I, I knew who this person was. He had a girlfriend. He was talking about her in sexual ways and lustful ways and even abusive ways, calling her different names and complaining about their relationship, whatever. Not only is he talking about her, but he's talking about other girls. The way he held himself was that he thought the world of himself, and he thought he was the best person to ever exist, and he was just this very prideful person. 
So immediately I know that this, this guy that is supposedly a worship leader in, at his church, he leads Bible studies at his church, I know that something's not right and he's struggling in his faith and um, showing who this person is or sh- showing who he is through his actions. Well, when we get to the church to meet his youth pastor, he immediately changes the way he was talking, the way he carried himself, and he was now this humble guy who was leading people to Christ. He was the, the worship leader, right, at his church, or he joined in the worship band, and he was leading people in Bible study. But the way he was living outside of church, he was living contrary and teaching what is contrary to what the Scripture says about Christ. And Christ calls us in every single thing that we do to live out his truth and to live out what his example first. Now, number two on my list is they focus on controversial issues rather than helping others come to Christ, which means they're more focused on the politics going on around them or in the church or wherever. They're more focused on these issues that do need to be touched on, but they are spending way more time focused on them than they are focused on leading other people to Christ. And they, they lose their, their focus on, on who needs to hear Christ, and they think those things are way more important. Number three is they are not concerned about the personal evidence of God in their own lives. If I were you guys, I would want me to be somebody who has a personal relationship with God in my life. Because if a leader comes up and is talking about God but doesn't have a personal relationship with God, I would seriously be questioning if what they're telling me about God is true. And Paul is telling, the, telling us that there's going to be people who try to tell us about God and teach us the truth about Christ, but they don't really know. So they need to be focused and they need to have a personal, they need to have a concern about what God is doing in their life and a personal relationship with Him. And fourthly on this list they want to make a name for themselves. They are not out to make a name for Christ, and maybe they say they are, but what they're really doing is they're out to make a name for themselves. You can tell this by how much they talk about themselves, maybe the ego they have for themselves, maybe they talk about Jesus, but then after that, they go back to talking about the way they were talking. Maybe about the guy I was talking about, he was talking about girls and talking about just other things that were not concerning Jesus. So maybe they go to church and they talk about these things and they're leaders in the church, but then they go out into the world and they're not, do, not doing what they're talking about, what should be done. And this can be very dangerous because it can separate us if we're not careful. We can separate, be separated from God by these people if we are not careful. And Paul tells us, how to protect yourself from these people. And that was my next question. I was like, how do I protect myself from these type of people? Well, learn the biblical truths of Christ. It's as simple as that. Get into the word of the Bible and learn what Jesus says about God. And don't listen to what they say about God. Don't listen to what the world and all the social media and all the magazines, what they say about God. Listen to what the Bible says about God. Because this is where the truth is found. And then he says, train for spiritual strength. Train to be strong in your faith so that you may fight the world and fight the things that come at you. Because it's a very hard thing for Christians to live in this world. 
because we're always facing people that are coming at us and always things and challenges that we face. Maybe they're not even people, but we have challenges. And in order to get through those challenges, we have to keep training, and we have to keep training through those challenges. My favorite line or just something that draws me into this verse in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul says that physical training has some value, but godliness has all the value, reaping benefits for now and forever. Meaning that, yeah, physical training is great. You go to the gym. I like to go to the gym. I'd be lying if I told you I went to the gym every day that I wanted to. But it's good. But our bodies will only last so long. But our spiritual bodies, that lasts forever. So Paul is telling us to focus and put our energy into spiritual training, to make sure our spirits are strong so we may fight the forces that really matter, the issues that really matter. When we don't train, we won't go stronger. We get weaker. If you're a football player and you're training and you want to you be the best football player in your team, you're not going to be that best football in your team if you don't train. Everyone's in math class at some point in their life, right? We've all taken math. Either you love it or you hate it. Maybe you're in between. But I was one of those people that absolutely hated math. I remember in high school, when I was a freshman, I, was, I thought, well, I'm going to sit through hundreds of math classes, right? And when I'm a senior, I'm going to be a great mathematician. Well, the thing I learned is that you don't become a great mathematician if you don't read the textbook and ask the teacher questions. And uh, I was very good at not doing that. <laughs> so, you must read the math book to pass the math test, right? And if you don't know the answer in the math book, if you're in the book and you're doing the problems and you can't figure it out, then there's always a teacher there to help you and to point you, push you along and to teach you. And if you need to spend a little extra more time outside getting tutored, then you spend a little more extra time with the teacher. The same goes with our faith. If we want to be godly people, if we want to know the truths of Christ, then we must spend time in our textbook, which is the Bible, which the teacher God gave to us so we may learn it. And the great thing about God is that he's always there to help us along if we, need, if we have questions, if we need help getting through a certain problem. And every single problem that we may have to face in our life is in here, so we may get an answer to that problem. And if you need to spend a little extra time getting tutored on the side, spend a little more extra time with God, then spend a little more time with God. But the point is we must study godly things if we want to be godly people. It's as simple as that. There's people that come to church and then go out into the world and don't study at all. They're just here on Sundays. And that's a great thing. I'm glad you're here. It's not wrong to go to church and whatever. But... If you're just coming to church just to come to church and say, I'm a good person, I went to church, and you're not really putting effort into learning the Bible and learning Scripture and learning the truth about God, then you're probably not going to learn the truth about God. One of my favorite quotes that I read in a devotional once, and I, I carry this with me every single day, the work that we do today affects who we are tomorrow and forever. And I added that and forever part on there because Paul says it. He says our spiritual training is not just for now, it's forever. And the work that we put in today will affect who we are tomorrow. When I was in high school in math class, 
I thought, I'm going to be this great person in math four years down the line. But because I did not put in the work that day, because I, made, I didn't make the decision to work hard, I never became a great mathematician. In the same way in our faiths, if we want to be godly people, if we want to learn the truths of Christ, we must make a decision today. Am I going to work for it? Am I going to train myself? Am I going to read the Bible? Am I going to really try to live out the truth of Christ? Or am I not going to? And then you have to put the work in with it too. But Paul reminds us, he says, our hope and our strength is in God, the living God, who is the Savior of all people, but especially of those who believe. In spiritual training, our strength starts with obedience. We must first obey God. We must first obey the things that he has for us in our lives in order to obtain the great things he has for us. We must obey him so that we can have what he has for us. You know, we hear over and over and over again in the Bible and famously in Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has a good plan for you, a plan for hope and plan for, or hope um, and for a future. But what that verse doesn't mention, but we find later, is that if we want to obtain the good plan that God has for us, which he has for every single one of us, we must first obey that. We're not able to get the plan that God has for us if we're not following him because we may be led astray and maybe God's path is going this way and we're not obeying him so we're going this way and we're not getting the plan that he has for us. We're getting the plan that we have for ourselves or opposite of what God has for us. So, Paul then says salvation comes to all, or salvation is for all people but only those who believe. So yes, Jesus came to die for all of us but We don't gain that salvation unless we believe in him, unless we obey him, unless we accept him into our lives and and live by what he has for us to say, unless we go and commit ourselves to him. And now my last bullet point is now we must live out the truth that we learn from the spiritual training And we must live opposed to the people that are trying to separate us from God. And we must live out the truth for Christ. Because when we do, there are many benefits that come from it. But Paul, he starts off by saying to Timothy, don't let people look down upon you because you were young. Well, I believe if he was writing this letter to anybody in this room other than Timothy... Maybe he'd be saying, don't let people look down upon you because of the money you don't have. Or maybe, don't, look, don't let people look down upon you because the money you do have, or the color of your skin, or where you are in your life, or what job you have, or how good you are at a sport, or how great you are at a sport. The point is, don't let people push you around just because you are who you are. But our hope is in Christ, and then Paul says that our weakness is made great or our weakness is God's strength is made whole in our weakness. And that we can have hope in Christ and have strength in that. And that we should not let anyone look down upon us because of that very thing. That the strength that God gives us and the hope that God gives us in our lives. And we've all experienced that love that Christ has for us. Now what we're supposed to do with it is live it out. So don't let people look down upon you. 
because you are young. And don't let your current situation be a handicap. And if you do live out this stuff, you will save yourself and those who listen to you. And that's very important because people are always listening. So now, it comes down to the list that I'm going to explain to you. There's five things that Paul says that we must do in order to live out the truth of Christ. He says, set an example in, the, in your speech. This is the way that we use our words. Are we honoring God with our words or are we honoring anything else? Are we not doing what God wants us to say? Simple as that. Number two is set an example in our conduct. This is the way that we carry ourselves. The way that, that the, either we have our ego, either we think we're the greatest person ever, just like my friend did when I was talking about in high school, or are we humbling ourselves as a Christian and saying, you know what, I'm only great because Jesus makes me great. Number three is set an example in love. This is the way that we choose to love God and the way we choose to love others. God loved us that he sent his one and only son to die, to live and die on the cross for our sins, which means he sacrificed everything he had for us. So the way God calls us to love is to sacrifice our needs before everyone else's needs. That we may put everyone else's needs before our own and put God's needs and put others before our own. The fourth is we must set an example in our faith. This is the way that we put our faith in God. Do we have faith that God is going to carry us through in our future? Are we worried about what tomorrow holds? Or are we holding strong so maybe we don't know what's going on, but we know that God has it under control? Are you setting an example in your faith? And lastly, this, the fifth point here is set an example in your purity. And every single time I've read through, through this and I've read purity... Um, I think I've always been reading it wrong. I've always thought about it as sexual purity because that's the way, I guess, we grow up in a world that, like, idols that. And I always believed it was just sexual purity. But if you look at Jesus and his purity, he was pure in every aspect of his life. In every single area, there was no sin. He did not sin a single time while he was here on this earth. And we are called to live that same thing, to say no to every single sin in our lives. So I encourage you, if you have that sin in your life, this is what Paul is saying, to drop that, to give it to Jesus, to put it at the foot of the cross and to live in the purity that he has for you. Trying to avoid that sin on a regular basis in every single area. Not making any exception to it at all. Because when we do, we, we will start to give in to sin more and more and more and then we'll eventually be not pure at all. But we are to be purified by the blood of Christ by repenting and by, by praying and by, by asking God for forgiveness. So set an example in our speech, in our conduct, in our love, in our faith, and our purity. And in all of this, in all that you do, live out the truth of Christ so that others may see the truth of Christ in you. And when we do this, we will conquer our enemies. We will conquer those who come against us, who try to separate us from God. We will reap benefits, not only today, but we will get blessings for tomorrow and for the rest of eternity. We will fulfill the good plan that God has for us, because he has a great plan for us. But we will only get that if we start obeying, if we only were to live out the truth of Christ. 
We will save ourselves and those who listen to us. There's people listening to you everywhere. Now, are they hearing the truth of Christ in your life, or are they just hearing more of the world's lies in your life? Because we are completely separate from the world, and they will see that if you are separate or not. And lastly, we will be good servants of Christ. Paul says to Timothy, if you live out these things, if you point these things out to brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ. And that's what he's calling us to, too. And that's what Christ is calling us to, to live out the truth of Christ in everything that we do. In our speech, in our conduct, in our love, our faith, and our purity. And to guard our hearts. And to get into spiritual training. And to get into the Bible and ask the teacher questions. And to read the textbook. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I I thank you. For this morning, I thank you for the great word that you've uh, written and you've had Paul write so that we may, we may hear it too. I ask that you bless these words to our bodies and our hearts as we go on with our lives, as we go out and we live the truth of Christ in our lives, that we, we may conquer those who come against us, that we may have power through your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.